0: Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world.
1: Informing America's farmers and ranchers, this is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams
0: hello everyone and welcome to AOA. thank you so much for joining us and letting us be part of your day we always appreciate it coming up today a preview of this year's husker harvest days coming up Next month in Grand Island, Nebraska, we'll have the latest uh, on plans for that show and an update on some things, uh, some news breaking on this year's Farm Progress Show coming up even sooner in Decatur, Illinois. Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress, will join us, and we'll talk with Chris Munsterman uh, with Syngenta and get uh, a crop report, condition report across the state of Nebraska. That's coming up on our program. We're going to look at the. Uh, the rising ag input costs they're high this year they're projected to get even higher next year we're going to talk with an economist with the american farm bureau federation about rising input costs all that coming up on today's program but let's start it off with the news jerry hagstrom with the hagstrom report joins us from washington dc jerry thank you very much what can you tell us about the infrastructure bill
2: uh, well, I can, uh, I can tell you that it, that it seems to keep proceeding in the, in the Senate. Uh, uh, right now, things are slowed down because uh, people have traveled to Wyoming for the funeral of a, of a former senator. Uh, but I expect uh, more action soon. Uh, uh, perhaps this weekend, there's talk about Senator uh, Schumer, the man- majority leader, filing cloture on the bill. Uh, but that hasn't happened yet. Uh, the most interesting part of it to me is that there is so much in there for broadband, not only for uh, uh, the structure, actually, of you know putting in the wire, et cetera, but also for subsidizing low-income people to get broadband access.
0: Yeah, there's a lot in there, 2,700 pages. And we know of some things that agriculture would like to see but there are also some things in there that are starting to kind of leak out that i think people might be very concerned about Uh, there i've seen things in there like uh, user fees for (laughs) vehicles and 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 miles that you drive uh, different things like that Uh, what are we seeing about some of those details i always say the devil's in the details are we starting to get some of those
2: well the bill is out there anyone can read the 2700 pages uh, I haven't gotten any emails from any farm groups criticizing it, and there's a lot of things in there that agriculture wants. Now, that's a, that's not the same as the, what they call the human infrastructure, which would be in the in the reconciliation bill. That is, has not come up yet, and that is where there are things like the the uh, change in the stepped up basis to which agriculture objects so strongly.
0: Yeah. I- and somewhere along the line, uh, everyone's going to have to kind of look at this and say, does the good outweigh the bad? And it's going to differ by your point of view, obviously. So there, there's still a long ways to go on this. What else are you watching there on Capitol Hill today?
2: Uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm actually sitting outside the Capitol on a park bench, waiting to go into a hearing on the confirmation, of, a confirmation hearing on, the, on President Biden's candidate to be the Undersecretary for Natural Resources and the Environment. Uh, That man will will have ultimate power over the U.S. Forest Service and I expect that forestry and wildfires are going to be the, the issue of the day. Particularly since Secretary Vilsack is in California and has already announced that the Forest Service is going to move away from a policy of letting small fires burn to get rid of debris. They've decided that that's just too dangerous in a uh, in a year like this.
0: Yeah, a lot of focus on that right now for sure. Uh, we also on the trade front, uh, we know that uh, our trade representative, Catherine Tai, continued to uh, negotiate with Mexico on uh, biotech approvals, and we're still waiting to see what the administration's uh, plan is uh, for China.
2: Well, yes, I, I'm not expecting anything on China soon. Uh, except that, that uh, Catherine Ty, the trade representative, is going to see, is in Seattle. I think it's today, and she's going to meet with farm groups there. Uh, so uh, that, could, that could be very interesting. I wish I were there, but I can't to, to hear what they're going to tell her, but I can't be in two places at once.
0: Yeah, a lot going on. Uh, the uh, spending bills, the appropriation bills that are being worked on, too, um, a lot of money in there for disaster assistance. So what can you tell us about those?
2: Yes, the Senate Appropriations Committee passed the ag uh, bill yesterday, uh, which is a major uh, advance, and it, it has about uh, $7 billion in it in, in disaster aid and also some money to beef up the literally i know that's a kind of a joke to beef up the packers and stockyards act uh but that's in there the problem is um that it doesn't look like it's going to move on the senate floor anytime soon Uh, senate minority leader mitch mcconnell is asking for what he calls top line numbers that is an overall uh, statement of how much the government is going to spend, and also he wants to make sure that any growth in spending is equal. He uses the word parity between defense and non-defense spending. So until they work those things out, I don't think this is going to go anywhere.
0: All right, so the action right now is in the Senate, right? The House is off.
2: Yes, the the House is out until uh, uh, after Labor Day. So they're, yeah, they're at home. If people have things they want to say to House members, they should call them up or see if they're having any, any public meetings uh, or, I suppose, Zoom events during the break.
0: So it would be interesting, especially on this uh, infrastructure bill, because uh, even if it gets through the Senate, it's a whole different ballgame probably in the House.
2: Well, I think it will get, get through the House, if they pass this reconciliation bill in the Senate. That's what the House leader, Nancy Pelosi, has said, is that you've got to do both. And, of course, the it's the reconciliation bill that has all the things in it that the liberals want, uh, the, the, the child care programs and, and things like that. Uh, and they the House says they won't take them up unless they have both. So I don't know what the timing is is going to be on that, but it is likely to pass the Senate within the next week.
0: Okay. We'll keep a watch on that. Jerry, thanks a lot for the report. Appreciate it.
2: You're welcome. welcome. Bye-bye.
0: Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom report from Capitol Hill. So we continue to keep an eye on, uh, Several different areas there that they are working on. All right, coming up a little later, our preview of this year's Husker Harvest Day show in Grand Island, Nebraska. That's coming up uh, next month. Also, we got a little bit of news for the Farm Progress show that's coming up later this month. So that's coming up in our program. But up next, a look at the rising costs of ag inputs they're up this year and they are projected to be even higher next year pretty much across the board the the inputs that the uh, farmers need to uh, to farm each year to get a crop in those inputs are going to go up how much and what will the impact be what's behind these uh, increases we're going to talk with veronica nye economist for the american farm bureau federation about those rising costs that's next on aoa
3: Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, featuring high-yielding Extend Flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of Extendamax herbicide with vapor grip technology. Elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system of choice. Extendamax is a restricted-use pesticide. Always follow stewardship practices, all-pesticide label directions and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state.
4: Channel Seedsmen don't just sell soybean seed. You can trust them to understand your fields and place Channel Soybean products to perform. With the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, including triple-stacked Channel Extend Flex soybeans, you can be confident you're getting the excellent weed control you want and high-yield potential you need to make the most of the season. Find a seedsman in your area for recommendations for your fields. Check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. Always read and follow grain marketing and all their stewardship practices and pesticide label directions.
5: Every day, DTN and Progressive Farmer editors are posting unique original content to their website at DTNPF.com, bringing you the latest news and information you need for your day-to-day business decisions. Their award-winning newsroom covers markets, news, and weather, while also providing insights on crop, cattle, equipment, technology, and more. They are committed to delivering the essential intelligence farmers need every day to help your farm business be more efficient and profitable. Visit DTNPF.com today.
6: Are you heading to NCBA in Nashville? The National Corn Growers has a great lineup for you on Wednesday, August 11th. Mike Adams will be broadcasting live at 9 a.m. from the U.S. Meat Export Federation booth on behalf of the National Corn Growers Association. At 12.30 in the Learning Lounge, NCGA will host a panel discussion with U.S. Roundtable for Sustainable Beef and the U.S. Meat Export Federation as they discuss the partnerships between corn and cattle. We'll see you in Nashville.
0: So, too, are input costs, and they're projected to be even higher next year. Let's talk about it with Veronica Nye, economist with the American Farm Bureau Federation. Veronica, thanks for joining us. And uh, this is uh, the downside of higher commodity prices, right, that we see these input costs going up.
9: Yeah, that's true. Unfortunately, um, you know, USDA is projecting some pretty sizable increases, especially in, uh, you know, the fertilizer and chemical side, um, looking at, You know when you combine those about a five percent increase uh in 2022 compared to 2021 so certainly not a insubstantial increase when you're thinking about the fact that fertilizers and chemicals make up you know nearly 50 percent of uh total operating costs for corn and beans
0: and it looks like the costs are pretty much across the
7: board
9: they are they are um you know you sort of look at um the you know, the major uh, field crops, and, and you're looking at, you know, somewhere around about an average 2% increase uh, on the operating cost side for, you know, corn, beans, wheat, cotton, rice, peanuts, sorghum, oats, and barley. So, pretty uh, even, uh, as you said, ac- across uh, major commodities.
0: Yeah, when you look at uh, fertilizer prices and you look at uh, fuel costs and and seed and everything just across the board, it seems like the uh, the costs are going up. Now this year, of course, they are up. Um, in some cases, on some things, farmers may have been already booked ahead and maybe saved some there, but it looks like the, uh, it's going to be a bigger challenge next year.
9: Yeah, unfortunately, I think that's right. Um, you know, we, we've seen, obviously, some pretty substantial changes in the in ag economy over the last couple of years. and. You know, I think that's making it challenging for folks to plan ahead and for supply to catch up um, with demand. So, you know, if you would just think about um, that important export market of China and, and think about the whipsaw, really, that has occurred over the last few years in our exports, uh, you know, typically having about $23 billion in exports to China. And then at one point we got down to about nine. Uh, and now this year, if the phase one agreement is is, you know, fully executed, exports of 40 billion so you know if you just take that one example of how much v- variation there's been over the last you know, three four years um, you know it's no wonder that suppliers are having trouble keeping up um, uh, and obviously farmers are, are having trouble keeping up and and booking uh, far enough ahead where they're not caught paying exorbitant prices but they also are comfortable knowing that they have the supply that they need on hand.
0: And of course, the double hit for those in areas where they had the higher input costs, and then not having a good crop because of uh, weather conditions this year.
9: Well, that's right. Um, you know, it, the the drought situation in the West uh, and you know the the Upper Midwest and, and and other parts of the country has has really uh, just continues to to worsen. Um, and then, you know, so that part of the world uh, of the U.S. has not enough water. And then we look at places like uh, the uh, Delta, and they're getting too much water. So uh, hopefully folks have, have been paying up and buying up on their crop insurance so that that can help uh, deal with some of those production uh, issues. But, um, oh, yeah, as you said, a lot of folks getting that double whammy of um, – higher input costs on a crop that they're not even get, going to get to harvest.
0: We're talking with American Farm Bureau Federation economist Veronica Nye. So Veronica, what are there several reasons then behind the higher costs? I mean, oftentimes we, we hear, well, when commodity prices go up, uh, input costs go up too. Uh, are there several
9: factors behind this? yeah, absolutely. I mean, what kind of an economist would I be if I couldn't list off a few different factors here? Uh, <laughs> of course, y- you're right. The, you know the underlying demand for um, uh, inputs is is up uh, as as we've seen increases in commodity prices. that's a That's a significant factor that um, that's a, a tried and true one. Um, but there's you know some other things going on that I think are uh, also interesting and and worth noting. You know, one of that of of course is um, on the on the in, on the fertilizer and chemical side. We do have a lot of trade uh, activity on on those inputs. Of course, there is domestic production, but we do import a significant portion of of those products as well. And the significant disruption in transportation that we've seen um, in. In, uh, on the import side and on the export side, but we're talking about imports at the moment. Uh, the significant congestion and s- slow unload speeds that we've seen at the ports is certainly catching up to some of those uh, uh, input products and, and delaying the ability for suppliers to get their products on the shelf. Uh, so that you know that, that's certainly incur- adding to that. Something else that I'd noted note is that you know we've had a couple of investigations on um, uh, different fertilizer products over one in last year, one this year, um, for anti-dumping and countervailing duty uh, application on uh, nitrogen and phosphorus products um, that are adding significant um, you know additional duties on imports of those products. Uh, so that certainly doesn't doesn't help uh, with the containment uh, and then you know as we're looking sort of I know I'm just focused on the on the fertilizer and chemicals but they are such an important component of input costs. Um, so you know lots of room for discussion there but you think about uh, also the, the transportation bill that was just uh, that's being discussed right now in Congress and the potential increase in taxes um, uh, on Superfund sites uh, to, to fund the cleanup of Superfund sites, coming uh, a potential taxes on uh, fertilizer uh, production there. So, you know, you're looking at a couple of different sources, unfortunately, on both domestic production and imports, where you're looking at additional uh, taxes, whether they be U.S. taxes or import taxes, um, you know, uh, popping up that, that are adding a lot of uncertainty to the potential. Uh, price forecast in in the near, you know, next year or two term.
0: So it, it's really two fronts here, right? I mean, the price that's an issue, but depending on what continues here f- moving forward with supply chains, availability may be an issue as well.
9: Uh, absolutely, um, you know, that's that's something that I think that we we have a tendency to take for granted. But um, you know, when you when you see these. Uh, variations in, in port activity um, that's, you know, COVID-related just from the human element, but then also from the um, uh, inability to, to sort of control the amount of imports that are coming in. Um, U.S. consumers have uh, money in their pocket, and they are is burning a hole, and they are spending it like crazy. And that all means that um, they're buying more domestically, but they're also importing more products, and all that imported... Stuff uh, coming in on the west coast is competing for space and timing with our inputs. So, um, you know, we're we're looking at, at time delays and uh, on the on the supply side that that maybe we haven't had here in the last few years.
0: Brings up a lot of challenges, not only on the price but also uh, decisions like. If you can uh, do you do get some things on in the fall or do you wait till spring or I mean it just it really complicates things
9: it sure does, it sure does um, and you know when, when you sort of look at those cost estimates we've we've talked about you know the, some of those operating costs, but uh, it's not you know ERS isn't projecting all bad news on the operating side, you know a two percent increase, but then when you sort of go to those uh, elements of Sort of that o- allocated overhead. Uh, Thinking about things like hired labor, uh, taxes, and insurance, um, uh, opportunity cost of land, i.e., rental rates. They're showing some declines in some of those areas. Um, so, when you look overall, um, uh, while operating costs up over two percent, um, you know, when you take in those that allocated overhead and sort of think about the big picture, uh, looking at at um, potential increase of of less than a half percent in 2022 compared to 21. So you know we'll we'll see. Uh, there's things like uh, labor challenges haven't been going away. Uh, so that the direction on that might might change considerably. Um, and of course, you know we talked about all of the differences in in taxes uh, on the tax front that might be coming. So um, a, a lot of uncertainty there. Um, Uh, that that sort of feeds into production costs that, that maybe folks don't think of right offhand.
0: All right, there's a lot to this, that's for sure. Veronica, thank you so much. Appreciate it.
9: My pleasure. Thanks so much.
0: American Farm Bureau Federation Economist, Veronica Nye. All right, up next, our Husker Harvest Days preview and some Farm Progress Show news as well. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up.
3: Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend Crop System, featuring high-yielding extend flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of extend max herbicide with vapor grip technology, elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend Crop System the system of choice. Extendamax is a restricted-use pesticide. Always follow stewardship practices, all pesticide label directions, and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state.
4: Channel Seedsmen don't just sell soybean seed. You can trust them to understand your fields and place Channel soybean products to perform. With a Roundup Ready Extend crop system, including triple-stacked Channel Extend Flex soybeans, you can be confident you're getting the excellent weed control you want and high-yield potential you need to make the most of the season. Find a Seedsman in your area for recommendations for your fields. Check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. Always read and follow grain marketing and all their stewardship practices and pesticide label directions.
5: You're listening to AOA. I'm Kirsten Roll. The strength this week has come in wheat markets. Winter wheat pressed to new highs three times this week. Spring wheat prices were also strong but fell short of its prior highs. Traders are also gearing up for next week's rounds of USDA estimates. U.S. weather forecasts are trending weather throughout the weekend. Some rain fell in the west yesterday and moved into western Iowa overnight. Rain is expected across the upper Midwest over the next week. On the Board of Trade this morning, September Corn trading a dime higher at 5.55 and three quarters. The December contract up a nickel at 5.51 and three quarters. For soybeans, the September contract up eight and a half cents at 13.40 and a half cents. The November contract eight cents higher at 13.33 and a half cents. For wheat, Chicago wheat September down two at 7.15 and a fraction. Kansas City wheat September down two and a fraction at 6.92. Minneapolis spring wheat September down a fraction at 9.02 and a half the December contract down three-quarters at 8 91 In cash cattle country, it's slow to start this morning following yesterday's light-to-moderate movement. Some asking prices remain firm around $123 in the south and $200 in the north. More business should take place either today or tomorrow. Beef cutouts are expected to be higher with light-to-moderate box movement. For live cattle on the board of trade this morning, October up seven cents at 129.05. December up 32 at 134.27. Feeder cattle, September down 20 at 162.67. The October contract down a dime at 165.35. In lean hogs, October a dollar 62 lower at 88.50. December a dollar 37 lower at 82.15. In the outside markets, the Dow is up 154 points. The Nasdaq Composite up 51 the S&P 500 up 15. The U.S. dollar index is trending higher. You're listening to AOA. I'm Kirsten Rall.
0: Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world.
1: Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, busy
0: time of year. We have uh, state fairs going to be cranking up. farm fest in minnesota we talked about that yesterday and uh, next week the ncba convention in nashville and coming soon the farm progress show in decatur illinois august 31st september 1st and 2nd and then next month husker harvest days in grand island nebraska those will be that those dates are september 14th 15th and 16th, so it is a a busy, busy time with lots going on, and uh, we want to continue to keep you up to date on the Farm Progress show, as well as Husker Harvest Days and our previews of both of those shows brought to you by Syngenta. So we'll get to uh, Husker Harvest Days in just a moment, but first, as we talk with Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress, Matt, thanks for joining us. Wow, we're not far away now from Farm Progress in Decatur, starting August 31st. Uh, you have uh, you have some news as far as a concert for that
8: show. Yeah, that's been a, a, an ongoing but quickly evolving project. Uh, partnership with Case IH and Lee Bryce. Uh, they just announced that yesterday, and as a part of that partnership, uh, Lee Bryce is going to be performing live at a free concert at the Farm Progress show on Wednesday, September 1st at the close of the show. So the the opening act will take the stage at 530, just 30 minutes after the close of the show. And then uh, we'll have Lee Bryce on stage there, right there inside the fence, inside the grounds, right adjacent to Syngenta Square. So it should be a, a good way to close out day two of the Farm Progress show with a with free Lee Bryce concert and him performing for the first time his new song farmer which uh which he wrote as a part of this partnership with case IH. so it's uh it's a pretty cool addition to, to both show it with a month ago.
0: yep so a big concert at farm progress indicator on wednesday uh, september 1st so we'll talk more about that uh, when we uh, have our next farm progress show preview we'll have that uh, next week but real quick how are plans overall going and finalizing for the show
8: it's it's going really really well. You know, it, it a lot of uh, a lot of things changing quickly. Um, you know, the world's a little bit different in terms of being able to get a hold of inventory of things, and so uh, we're making a lot of uh, of moves here and there as we start to just check on things that we assume are done. Thing maybe they're not not available, or we've got to come up with new solutions. So it's 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 a little hectic, but that's okay because we're doing a live in person show, which is a great thing and uh a little bit of a little bit of reorganizing things here and there but you know most of it is is behind the scenes the growers are never going to see any you know they're they're never going to notice a difference they can just look forward to uh another good farm progress show in decatur and and a good husker harvest days outside of grand island nebraska
0: as we watch what's happening with COVID, any changes in uh, in procedures that you have to follow
8: nothing at this time everything is uh is a recommendation from the cdc and none of the the states have have made any kind of mandates or anything you know the the state of illinois has mandated that that in schools and in uh long-term care facilities um, masks are mandated and vaccinations are mandated for employees of the state of illinois but um you know it's 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 still something where we're able to put on an outdoor event use common sense when it comes to to recommending masks in indoor settings but you know with with the outdoor nature of our shows i don't look for anything to be to be drastically different than what folks are used to when they come to the shows
0: so i know you have to monitor that very very closely and stay in touch with health officials and state officials uh meanwhile you mentioned uh, the challenges of logistics and, and supply chains and movement of, of products and things like that how big of challenge has that become in, in getting these shows ready it it's
8: become it, it it's quite a challenge and you know it, it's just the 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 strange things that you don't expect that are out of inventory or or they you know they're almost ready but they're missing one part and you know whether that's ordering uh, bicycle rack for fencing, or whether it's one of my exhibitors who, you know, they're the combine that they intend to run in the field demonstrations, they're not sure they're going to have the chips to put in it to, to make it go. And so they're, they're working on plan Bs. But, you know, for, for the most part, everything we, we've found a solution around. Um, you know, some of the pickup companies don't quite have the inventory to put as many vehicles on their lots as what they would have hoped. It's, it's, a, it's a few of those kind of things, but you know everybody's working with local dealers or other inventory in other places. I know that um, a lot of the, the truck companies have a, have a certain amount of inventory, and it's just moving around a lot faster from event to event in order to, to fulfill all the things they want to do.
0: We're talking with Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress, looking ahead at the Farm Progress show coming up August 31st, September 1st and 2nd, Decatur, Illinois, and Husker Harvest Days, Grand Island, Nebraska, September 14th, 15th, and 16th. Our preview brought to you by Syngenta. All right, Matt, let's look at the Husker Harvest Days. What's the latest there? How are things going?
8: Everything is going together really well. I, I actually, in preparation of this call, I called out the Grand Island to to Roger Libby to get an update on how things look there and, and everything looks tremendous. Uh, his son Jason just knocked down the third cutting of Alfalfa for the haying demonstrations uh, yesterday. So it'll have it'll have forty days of growth on that that really good stand of Alfalfa. So the Alfalfa demos will have plenty of product uh, to run all that stuff. There's a lot of, of hay tools that are gonna be unveiled at the show. Case IH and New Holland and Kubota all have all have new New hay tools, and so you can expect to see those running in the hay. Um, the, you know, when you get out to Nebraska, you know that's when you start to get into real-life cattle country. The the entire northwest quadrant of the grounds is primarily cattle operational equipment. You know, whether it's it's genetics with with different breeds, or cattle handling, or processing, or transport, or you know, the you know you have the the livestock industries building that has up to I think it's 10 or 11 head shoots where we're running live cattle through through the, the cattle handling demonstration. And in that same building, there are displays and exhibits, and we're going to have speakers in there throughout the day. At 11 o'clock and 1 o'clock, we've got a lineup of three different speakers that are talking about marketing and animal care and, and all kinds of different things that is just dedicated to the, to the beef producers, whether it's cow-calf or, or feedlots. Um, you know, there's just a, a lot of new things. Jenna Square we have at Husker Harvest Days, which is always a big hit. We utilize the uh, Nebraska Craft Beer, Craft Brewers Association to set the lineup for the beers that are going to be on tap there in that tent. And we've got some, some entertainment and a great partnership with Syngenta to, to help that put together. The other new thing that we're adding to the show this year is an autonomy zone. So, uh, Raven's bringing their entire, their entire Omni platform, the Omni Power, which some folks might know as DOT, and the Omni Drive, which some folks might know as the AutoCart. And those are all going to be running, uh, alongside the, the sprayer drone from Rantizo. That's going to be running in the same area right there off the northeast corner of the show site. And, you know, the cool thing that we're doing with the Omni Drive, the AutoCart, is that when it's time to run the harvest demonstrations, we're going to pull the auto cart out of the, the uh, autonomy zone and run it right there in the harvest demonstration. And then when the harvest demonstrations are over, it'll run back to the aut- autonomy zone and run for the rest of the day. So folks will be able to take advantage of seeing, uh, seeing those machines run in person right there and start to visualize how they might operate on their farm.
0: So you have a lot uh, for folks to see, and as we've talked before, there's a little shift of emphasis uh, be, uh, from Farm Progress Show to Husker Harvest Days, just because of the geography and the and the change in agriculture. So that that changes your emphasis from one show to the next.
8: It does, and you know the other thing that's that's a big difference with Husker Harvest Days is that you are in the heart of irrigated row crops. So with the big four irrigation companies, Ranky, TNL. Zimatic, and and Valley those four companies put on their biggest displays and exhibits at Husker Harvest Days because it is the heart of um the heart of their their market and you know they they ship globally so the the international attendance is something that that we're looking to expand on going forward probably not in 2021 but specifically that irrigation market is is applicable globally so that's probably one of the things that you're going to see us um, moving towards is is attracting an international crowd to Husker Harvest Days just because of the, the, it's such a great irrigation show. You know, if if you're if you're deeply involved with a lot of pivot irrigation on your farm, or you're in the beef business, uh, Husker Harvest Days is one to put on your bucket list because you know all of my friends that have that I've been able to talk into it from from Illinois or Iowa, they just love Husker Harvest Days. Not to mention the new uh, six million dollar uh infrastructure improvements that we that we did in 2018 it's it's a it's a gorgeous exhibit facility yeah the
0: uh the show sites have just have come so far over the years it's been amazing to see the improvements made on uh, decatur illinois boone iowa and uh, grand island nebraska quite an investment and it sure makes the the show experience much better for those that will be attending all right we are talking with matt youngman national events manager for farm progress looking at both the farm progress show coming up august 31st september 1st and 2nd decatur illinois and especially on this program grand island nebraska september 14th 15th and 16th for husker harvest days our preview brought to you by syngenta when we come back more from matt as far as buying tickets and things like that in advance and things you can do to get ready for the shows. And we'll also be talking with Syngenta's Chris Munsterman, uh, agronomic uh, service representative for Syngenta. Take a look at the uh, crop conditions uh, in that state of Nebraska, where many will be heading next month for Husker Harvest Days. That's coming up next. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up.
7: I'll take dig a little, learn a lot for 30 bushels. Soft and crumbly. Tom. How does healthy soil feel to the touch? Correct. Dig a little for 40 bushels. Sweet and earthy. Tom. What does healthy soil smell like? Yes, Go again. Dig a little for 50 bushels. Dark, porous, and alive. Tom. What does healthy soil look like? You win.
3: (laughs) Understanding the basics and benefits of healthy soil can make your farm a winner, too. Through lower input costs, better yields, and drought protection which can lead to a healthier bottom line for your business contact your local natural resources conservation service office today to find out how you can unlock the secrets in your soil this message brought to you by usda's natural resources conservation service and this radio station
7: as an organ donor your story doesn't have to end but good in you can live on in fact You could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating, your kidneys could keep filtering, and your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor, restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration.
3: Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend Crop System, featuring high-yielding extend flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of Extendamax herbicide with vapor grip technology, elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend Crop System, the system of choice. Extend to Max is a restricted-use pesticide. Always follow stewardship practices, all pesticide label directions, and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. Anyone can sell
4: you soybean seed. Channel Seedsmen place products to perform. With Channel ExtendFlex soybeans and Channel Roundup Ready to Extend soybeans, you'll get the excellent weed control you want and the high-yield potential you need. Make the most of the next season with the Roundup Ready Extend crop system and expert recommendations from Channel Seedsmen. Ask a seedsman in your area for recommendations for your fields. Check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state always read and follow grain marketing and all their stewardship practices and pesticide label directions
0: every tuesday we'll be sitting around the table sponsored by chs join us and learn how chs creates the vital connections that empower agriculture helping farmers and ranchers like you succeed we'll hear from different voices from throughout the cooperative system sharing stories about how good things happen when people work together join us around the table every tuesday or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more
6: Are you heading to NCBA in Nashville? The National Corn Growers has a great lineup for you on Wednesday, August 11th. Mike Adams will be broadcasting live at 9 a.m. from the U.S. Meat Export Federation booth on behalf of the National Corn Growers Association. At 12.30 in the Learning Lounge, NCGA will host a panel discussion with U.S. Roundtable for Sustainable Beef and the U.S. Meat Export Federation as they discuss the partnerships between corn and cattle. We'll see you in Nashville.
4: Each and every day, DTN and Progressive Farmer editors are posting unique, original content to their website at DTNPF.com, bringing you the latest news and information you need for your day-to-day business decisions. Their award-winning newsroom covers markets, news, and weather, while also providing insights on crops, cattle, equipment technology, and more. You'll find innovative topics like, would you plant soybeans in December, Experiments look at the possibility of boosting yields with early planting. Want to save time? Learn how through autonomous machinery systems. Will there be a surge in feed prices in 2021? And what's today's weather forecast for my farm? The editors of DTN and Progressive Farmer are committed to delivering the essential intelligence farmers need every day to help your farm business be more efficient and profitable. Visit DTNPF.com today.
0: And welcome back. Our Farm Progress Show and Husker Harvest Days preview brought to you by Syngenta. We're talking with Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress. Also joining us now, Chris Munsterman, Agronomics uh, Sales uh, Representative for Syngenta. Chris, thank you for joining us. Uh, What are you seeing in in crop conditions in the state of Nebraska as we look ahead to uh, Husker Harvest Days next month in Grand Island?
10: Thanks for the opportunity, Mike. Uh, Things look surprisingly good for parts of the state that have been dry from last year moving into this year we've gotten just enough timely rains in that northern part of the state to keep crops looking surprisingly good considering subsoil moisture where we started in eastern Nebraska near Omaha where I live things have been just fabulous we had excellent temperate weather when corn was pollinating and we haven't had very many days over 97 degrees. Looks like we got a really good pollination set, and we haven't had much bad conditions to get uh, kernel fill started uh, in a good way. So overall, things are good. I looked at the Nebraska estimate online from the university yesterday, and I could concur with that. Mostly good to excellent uh, corn conditions, and soybeans are hanging right in there as well after a little bit of a rough start in uh, at planting in late april and right now i think the thing a lot of guys in the western part of the state are thinking about is this smoke from the wildfires it is having some impact on how much light we're really getting being able to harvest with our plants
0: that's really been an issue in several states uh just so much uh... With that smoke, hazy days, we haven't had uh, the direct uh, the sunshine, the bright sunny days that uh, you would often expect this time of year. It's been hazy over many states, so uh, you're seeing a lot of that in Nebraska.
10: We are. As The further we go west, it's more prevalent, uh, obviously, but it's a surprising number of them um, out here in Omaha where I live. It's, you know We're hazy without the traditional reasons to be hazy. There's not much moisture in the air, but it's still, it's still a thing. Mm-hmm. Probably going to be some Ph.D. students. Some writing some good doctoral thesis is about photosynthetic impacts of this uh, wildfire thing over an entire summer, which is what kind of looks like what we're looking at here.
0: Mm-hmm. What about disease, uh, pressures, uh, uh, what are you seeing with disease, insects? Uh, any of those where, challenges showing up?
10: The biggest uh, issue for disease is uh, where Southern rust is moving in. We are seeing uh, some gray leaf spot in the center to eastern part of the state in corn as well not epidemic levels and with that good temperate weather conditions that i mentioned about for pollination that's also ideal for gray leaf spot uh to sporulate as well so you know super hot and dry conditions a lot of times aren't the best for gray leaf spot but we've had these 90 degree days 68 degree nights it's right in gray leaf spots wheelhouse but we have a really good year on fungicide applications the aerial applicators are mostly able to keep up with things and as you can imagine, with commodity prices, there's a big interest in foliar fungicides in, in corn this year. Mm-hmm. Insects. Uh, Japanese beetles showed up a little earlier than normal in our soybeans, and so that's been a, a constant issue. Grasshoppers have been problematic in some places in dryland production. Growers have been, you know, spraying waterways, things like that, for grasshoppers. But most every every decent potential soybean yield field is getting an insecticide for the Japanese beetles because they showed up earlier and appear to be a little more vigorous this year.
0: Some of the things that producers will talk, be talking about when they gather at Husker Harvest Days in Grand Island, Nebraska. All right, Matt Youngman, uh, how are ticket sales going, advanced ticket sales?
8: you know, we haven't done advanced ticket sales at Husker Harvest Days in the past. So this is year one for that. It was going to be last year. We were going to roll it out, but, uh, that, that didn't work out. So we're, we're 2021 is year one for advanced ticket sales. And, uh, they're going very, very well. You know, that, that gives you the opportunity to, uh, buy your ticket at home at a discount and it'll print out there at your home computer and and you can bring it with you. We'll, we'll scan the barcode and you'll go right in. So it'll, it'll speed your way into the show, and you know, the, the exhibitors are excited about the show, but I think the, the farmers are just as excited or more to be able to get out of the house and see what's new. You know, there, a lot of folks haven't seen anything new in, in two years. So there's a lot of catching up to do, let alone the, the new stuff that's going to be announced in the next five weeks before Husker Harvest Day. There's There's been two years worth of new things that they're excited to get out and see.
0: So you're looking for a full exhibit field?
8: Yeah, we're going to have – I mean, there will be a few spaces here and there where folks can socially distance and give themselves a breather. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's a it's a filled exhibit field, and uh, and a lot of farmers uh, headed that way. You know, I can just kind of tell by advanced ticket numbers and the way that the golf carts are moving and, and that kind of thing that uh, that we're on our way to a really good attendance at, at, at Husker Harvest Days and Farm Progress Show, both.
0: Yep. They'll be here before we know it. And, Chris, uh, finally, what's your emphasis uh, as you talk with, work with farmers uh, here as we're in the month of August now? What are you focused on with them?
10: What we're mainly doing is trying to get folks with late-planted crops to continue to be vigilant, looking at them for those disease and insect pressures that we mentioned. With the value, the commodity prices out there, we had some people with delayed planting or planting maybe in some marginal acres, and we're trying to make sure that we're working with our retail customers and farmer customers to keep those fields scouted. We don't want to leave any money on the table this year.
0: All right. Uh, Well, we'll soon be gathering in Grand Island, Nebraska for Husker Harvest Days. That is coming up September 14th, 15th, and 16th. This preview brought to you by Syngenta. Our guests have been Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress, and Chris Munsterman, Agronomic Sales Representative for Syngenta. Guys, thanks a lot. Talk to you again soon. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Mike. All right. Take care. And next week, uh, we will have another report on the Farm Progress Show coming up in Decatur, Illinois, August 31st, September 1st and 2nd. That one getting really close. All right. That wraps it up for today. Tomorrow, there's a new study out showing the impact a ban on year-round sales of E15 would have, and it it covers a lot of areas. We're going to get into that as the the biofuels industry pushes hard to keep year-round sales of E15. We'll show you and talk about what's at stake in that decision, and we'll look at the ongoing dairy trade dispute with Canada, what's going on there. That's coming up tomorrow. Hope you'll join us right here on AOA.